Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today. All right, we are in full effect in the Detroit is Different podcast studio B surprisingly uh usually we in studio a but piper carter got everything going and that's good to know and when we talk about piper carter we talk in detroit hip-hop we talk detroit hip-hop the man that i got in my presence uh one of my first interviews back when i was in high school with a high school show talking about hip-hop city of dreams was the name of the show and he was one of the first cats that i was like hey uh can we get them on the show you know what i'm saying because this man had mixtapes when we think about Detroit DJs and mixtapes. I'm going to say the first one I ever got from a Detroit DJ. Uh, when I think about my introduction to so much of Race Five Nine's catalog, it came through this man. Wow. When I think about uh, some of that underground bizarre stuff, it came from this man. When I think about my man Wesley Valentine, Little B, at the time when I was first introduced to him, it's through this man. DJ Butter, how you feeling? Today? I'm all right. All right. Thank you, man. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, like, when I think about DJ Butter, like I say, man, it, it, it goes way, one, two, way back between me and you. Yes. But for Detroit hip hop, it's definitely that, too. Yeah. So... How did it all start, man? Like, what what what's your Detroit story? Because that's how I usually start these mm. Detroit is different. How did your family come to the D? Well, uh, my mother is from Thomasville, Alabama, and um, my father he he's born and raised from Detroit. So, um, you know, they they got together in high school, and um, they had me like when she was like nineteen. We went to Montford. My father went to Montford High School. My mother went to uh, Cooley. Mm-hmm. So um, they came together and and, and really kind of religion kind of separated them a lot. Mm. You know, so um, they got kid disfellowship and things like that. So mm-hmm. coming up, it was it was kind of like a resistance, like considering like my father was a he was a drum major in Montford High School and. You know, my mother, she was like a, she was like a DJ by nature almost mm. in, her, in her own little way. But and she just was more of a hustler. Like, you know, she owned her own cleaners uh, in the Puritan neighborhood, you know. Um, so I just, I, watching them, I, I got a lot of elements from them. Much time as I, I spent with, with both of them. But my grandmother raised me at, you know, coming up, you know what I'm saying? So considering they were so young. Mm. So um, coming up on North Line and Puritan, you know, area over there was, I had a lot of brothers, a lot of, you know, I kind of made my friends, my fathers, you know, the guys that was older than me, mm-hmm. you know, got a little knowledge from them, birds and the bees and how to hustle and things like that. So, you know. They eventually, as I got older, my family kind of grew back together, but it was always resistance. But, you know. So you talk about that neighborhood, that neighborhood, North Lawn Puritan, because a lot of times people, you know, claim, you know, seven mile, sometimes here a little bit, six mile. But if you grew up, especially around the 80s, man, you hear somebody in a party be like, PA. Yeah. 
It could possibly be a long <laughs> night for you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what was uh what do you remember growing up in that neighborhood? Well, uh just just proving myself as a DJ. I, you know, the street game, uh you know, the, the every get all the games was there, but it was just mm -hmm. when I when I seen Run DMC and and, and I held on to that. It mm -hmm. was you know, my friends was, you know, drug dealers young, like, you know, 15, 16. I lost my best friend, one of my best friends when we was like 13, you know. Mm. So over over starter code, mm. you know what I'm saying? So, and just to watch the whole hood change and, and it was like, okay, we got to learn to protect our brothers and then say, okay, the drug game, all this stuff is so easy to, to destroy our brothership, you know, our mm. brotherhood. So I just held on to hip hop, you know what I'm saying. So it was, it was that was the thing. I, I DJed every party I could around there, you know. Okay, and then being a local DJ at a young age, because this is what's so unique about it. Um, another DJ not far, kind of in that stretch, as we know, Los was like, yeah, you know what I'm saying. Damn near like, you know, unheard of, because it's like this young kid with an album already because of who his dad. Shout out to Butch, man. I love yes. Butch. But, you know, how did you get in this turntable? Because it was all kind of kind of new. So for the people listening, when I say kind of new, um, as you, hip hop itself was new at the time. So DJing became new at the time. You know, I, I want to say Heavy D and Rhyme and Reason said one, like, you know, it was hard because not only could you, did you have to talk about like, I'm good at rapping. You had to sell rap as something good to listen to. Yeah. So you had to like do two sales. Right. So it was such like a niche culture, like a underground culture, mm -hmm. subculture of like what was going on with nothing but young people running it. So like anybody that knew anything was like damn near ahead of the game how'd you get in dj well i mean coming up uh turntablism and all that uh just just really watching um that run dmc rock box video it was just mm. like it kind of stained my brain and and um just what looking at what he had what kind of turntables he had it was like you know we was writing me and my brother was writing like Christmas lists every year and we didn't celebrate Christmas, but, it, uh -huh. you know, it was like, okay, let me just put this on my list to get. And, you know, when mm -hmm. I first got my turntables, what was your first set? Uh, it was my, my father's, I messed with his equipment, but he, you know, I used to get on his nerve. With oh messing. man, I know you probably broke every goddamn man. I, I try not to, and uh, <laughs> you know, when I do, I replace it. But he used to be like, you know, but I got my first my first pair of Technique 1200s when I was, uh, what, 14, 15, wow. 15. So for people that know, a Technique 1200s, I mean, right now 15. everybody got Serato, but I mean, Technique 1200s were the official yeah. set of turntables for DJs. Yeah. The standard. It was... uh. It was like five hundred a piece back then. I bought one. My father bought one. Wow! It's it's like um, how did you save up the money? Just like odd jobs and just man, we uh, you know, I, we we did a little caddying mm -hmm. back then. Um, just off into everything, you know. Coming up, 
you know just what I'm saying? <laughs> just leaves, like, caddy, yeah, uh, just like some newspapers. Yeah, I mean, it's every, whatever you could do. And I was good at saving my money. I mean, watching my cousin, you know, my mm-hmm. cousin coming up. Uh, my cousin on Northline, he used to he used to have Adidas like, like laid out like a, all around the floor, and it mm-hmm. was and it was money in certain ones, and it was drugs in some certain ones. It was mm-hmm. joints in certain, but just to watch him organized yeah it was like man it was he was his own accountant and his own you know then he watching him like man i ain't buying no candy i forget that ice cream truck i got goals and just mm. you know once i got my 1200s it was like yeah i can i Do get so. out of high school right you know i ain't got to think about hustling all the time you know so you 14 with 1200s because this is the other thing with equipment you you get it and then it's like, okay, wait, how, how do I use it? Yeah, it was. How did uh, you hit that learning curve? I mean, it was uh, to learn what kind of needles I needed, and mm-hmm. um, just still watching Jam Master J. It wow. was, it was just like, okay, you know, he on Dick Clark show, and and I record and just watch, mm-hmm. you know, all that stuff, just and and go back to the neighborhood, like. So rest in peace, yeah, Jay. Yeah. So for people that don't know. Jam Master J, mm-hmm. uh, part of Run DMC. I think he kind of really helped brand them with who they were. Right. And hell of a, you know what I'm saying? When you hear like, uh, when I think Run DMC, my cousin Lamumba, R2, kind of sort of in that same neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, you think you think Jay is like the God DJ. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? Even it was like, my DJ better than your DJ. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? He, he was a swagger man. He was the, the wardrobe dude. He was yeah. the, the people mover, the, the politician for the group. And because mm. even back then, hip hop, really the DJ was way more important than the MC. Mm-hmm. So it was like the MC was kind of keeping the crowd involved with whatever the DJ was doing. Right. Hence the whole call and response. And you know what I'm saying? It was like, okay, them dudes rapping are like, they're kind of cool, but the DJ's extremely cool. Right. Right, you know, but you also grew up in the era of needing that vinyl too. Yeah. What were you? What record store were you going to? Uh, coming up back then, it was uh, Aspens. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember Aspens. It was by Mumford. Um, you know, used to be rappers coming up there. I met uh, Big Daddy Kane, Ice T, and Darlene. Wow. They was all up there. Uh, Detroit Audio. Mm-hmm. Coming up, I don't know if you're familiar with Detroit Audio. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Ross's music. It was on. Mm-hmm. It was down there almost by Bell Isle. Yeah, you know, I remember Russ's, yeah. You know, we go down there and get the tapes and just see what's hip and I know what to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, it was coming up, it was more important um, to buy records and buy clothes and stuff for, for me and wow. my homies. We, we got our gym shoes, it was cool, but we got to go to Chantonique's, you know, <laughs> things like that, you know. Okay, so your vinyl collection as it grew. And then you're spinning. Your party. What was your first party? Oh, uh, man. Um, some of my first parties, it was, I think, uh, I think I was trying out Highland Park first. Wow. Because I was, I was going to school in Highland Park, but I'm from Puritan. Okay, but Highland Park, I'm guessing around the time of your age, was this when the new school was built, right? Oh, uh, man, this was... 
Man, coming up. Well, when I say the new school, okay. In the 80s, Highland Park High School had like a whole new renovation, yeah. which made it like one of the best high schools <laughs> yeah. in America. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they had like a heck of a basketball team, yeah. the facility. I had some cousins that used to babysit me that they went, they were like one of the first classes to go mm. over there. So you went probably to that HP. Well, well yeah. Uh, well, I went to the, I went to Ferris, Barber, and Thompson mm -hmm. over there. So, um, I didn't go to the high school. You didn't go to the high school. I got okay. out because my rap buddy got killed before I went to the high school. Mm. So before ninth grade, he got killed. So, mm. so I changed my environment. You know All what I'm together. saying? You know, my father was worried about me. Stuff yeah. like that. So, so with that, but so you started spinning it like in middle school almost. Yeah, it was uh, my first party. I was like 13, mm. 12, 13, 12, something like that. And just like a high school party or like uh no, it was like my friends' birthday parties and mm -hmm. stuff. Um we we was we was in our little party promoting stuff early. Hmm. You know, um early, man, just silly, you know, coming up, just trying to just trying to get that that niche to be an entrepreneur. Just hmm. you know, it, cause all we seen was drugs. It was just hmm. you know, it was just that. You know, get an eight ball when you get 15, 16, you got a car. Yeah. You know, it was just, it was just that. Whereas you saw, <laughs> took a whole new lane with it. Yeah, it was saving my life. It was just, mm. and you can feel the, um, when my boy got killed, it was like he was telling us something. You mm. know, so it was, it was like, okay, that's why I don't, you know, when people say, uh, you know, I got this new job, I can't work on my music. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I got this new girl. I can't work on. I ain't been working on my music. I just never understood that because it was always it was always a lifestyle. Music first. Yeah. So as this goes on, like, were you a part of the DJ crew early on? What? what? No, I, I basically. Uh, or were the, you always kind of solo? Yeah, we had our um, back then coming up in Highland Park. We we was on the cable networks, the plugger show. Um, we did a state fair all the time. Mm. Candy Productions on Miss Candy. I don't know if you're familiar with her. She she had us rapping all through State Fair, cool. um, rapping in church basements and stuff. Mm -hmm. We was doing all that stuff with her. So you were rapping at the time too. I was DJing. Oh, you okay. were DJing. Yeah, and you always had some MCs. Yeah, who were the MCs? my MC, uh, my boy Ellie Ill, who got killed. Um, he was my partner. Um, Ounce Ounce One, Alonzo Jennings, uh, Tyrone. Tyrone Scott, they call him TKO. Mm -hmm. um, Young E, he got killed. Mm. Earl, you know, um, Rob. Mm. We had our own clique. It was called Sudden Strength. Mm. So Rob just died last year. Man. Um, he died on the um, coming up on Elmhurst. On the uh, yeah, over I know that exit. You're yeah. talking about off the lodge. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, that that exit is one of the worst. That's why they used to stack yeah. on the tires over there. But yeah, that was my clique. Um, we was we was kind of Marley Mall and all that Juice Crew stuff was like our inspiration, and we was just mm -hmm. we looked at that cover and was like, "This is our way out." You know, just we just focused on that. It's like okay. So mm -hmm. when did it transition from DJing and performing live to recording some music? Uh, I started recording. Um. Me and Ellie Ill, we did a few demos. Um, we had a we had a four track coming up. Um, mm -hmm. so what he did, um, we didn't we couldn't afford a drum machine, none of that stuff. So we we had our grandmother's church radios and things like that. So mm -hmm. what he did is, um, 
he had took the pencils. <laughs> he took pencils on a, a yellow pages. Yeah. You know, he make it make the drums and EQ the um through the four track, make the, the drum sound thick through the yellow mm. pages. Wow. Yeah. And then we put it put it through the the tape cassette, record it. Yeah. Then he cut his bass line, he cut the sample, and he was teaching me how to do it. You know. Now, now for everybody listening, first off, a four track, that was one of the first pieces of equipment, maybe the third piece of equipment I got. A four mm. track is a four track tape recorder meaning like uh right now the board that you hear this recording on it is like this would have been unthought of at the time but this is a multi-track <laughs> recorder that has many more up to 24 digital tracks so right. you can like skip over but a four track is where you take an audio cassette you can record on and you can have four tracks but in those four tracks usually people will put the music like left music is track one right music is track two <laughs> If you have a rapper, the rappers all rap on track three, and then you may have like a singer that sings the hook on track four. Right, so you only got four it. tracks <laughs> to do whatever you're going to do, right? And that is the machine that a lot of music was made on that we probably love back from the 80s. Uh, but that's that was the style. And just seeing how creative cats were, because like you say, with the pencils and like taking a speaker and rapping through a speaker as a microphone and just like, you know, this is pre YouTube too. So it's not like you can just like Google, Hey, how do you, uh, right. how right. do you make, uh, how do you pull a drum from this Rick James song and stretch it out and make it into an 808? Like what? No Google for that. No, it was like, Hey, my man got a track. So you had to like go to this other person's studio and sit and look at them do it for like three hours right. and so forth and so on. The knowledge base and the creativity and the innovation all from usually people all under the age of like 23. Mm -hmm. Dynamic. <laughs> That's all I got to say. I mean, the pressure of, of being young and you say, damn, your father say, when you get 18, you're going to have to get out of here. Mm hmm. You know, it was like, you know, every day was it was a hustle. It was like, got to figure something. Yeah, out. it's like either the army or college, and it's like, damn, you know, I'm trying to be focused in college, but you know, fuck the army. You know? yeah. <laughs> All right, so, so this starts like expanding, and like I said, hip hop wasn't what hip hop was, but as much as hip hop wasn't like hip hop was, because I look at you as like you're like the you're somewhere like between like the second to third generation of Detroit hip hop. Mm -hmm. When I think of Detroit hip hop and iteration. So right. like that first generation, I think of like Merciless Amir awesome and Trey. Awesome Dre and sort of even Low Los and them was way young, but right. it was his father kind of right. throwing them in that mix. Right. Second to third, you kind of move in, but even during this time, hip hop, on a national scale is like kind of not there. You know what I'm saying? But even the spots too, where were you guys going to like B-Boy to rap and MC because it wasn't many spots? Um, you know, back then it was, uh, you know, I grew up with P Groove and Sleepy D, uh, the inner circle. Um, mm -hmm. So they were uh, the first people on, on, on Jay Dilla's discography. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like I brought Tony here from you know, Jay Dillis Foundation as well, mm -hmm. but uh, they were they were the first people that I seen um, on Puritan. 
you know, but he was in the Highland Park pits. Yeah. So when uh, after L.E.L. died, I seen my rap after my rap buddy died, I seen where P. Groove went, whether it was the dancery or, you know, at that time we were like hanging in the malls, freestyling, ciphers in the malls, you know, getting on the bus, mm -hmm. ciphers on the bus, like coming up 15, 14, we was just hanging on the bus and going to the malls and finding our way that way, you know, it was like going to the malls and Cause like saying who we can battle. And so stuff. for people to understand, like it was really like a secret society, especially like even I look at myself when I think of Detroit hip hop, I may be like generation four to five, which it wasn't a lot of outlets for me per se, but it still was way more than what you guys had. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, we, our, our go-to was like the new dance show and, and yeah. the scene. And, you know, we yeah. want, that was like our, uh, we had a, like a, a bucket list to do certain things. I mean, because, you know, Motown and all that stuff, we, Hitsville, we wasn't revisiting that and, and mm -hmm. seeing what Barry Gordy actually done. We was, we our parents weren't giving us no money to go to New York and get inspired. And, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we had to make, make it happen, make it, make it fun. You know, it was, it was it just the art of uh, knowing that the studio was $30 an hour was like grueling like you know it was just yeah. we was just okay let's hustle and just stay still you know we're gonna and do this and do that to get some money but it was just it was just pretty much that like once we get in the studio we're gonna be all right you know we get quality music we're gonna do bigger shows you know that was the whole thing you know all right which which brings me over to you <laughs> and you in Word effect up. so he mentioned dilla and Puritan and, and how things were bouncing around. And I know a little bit more about Dilla's story. And uh, shout out to Amp Fiddler. Uh, yes, indeed. Because Amp uh, opened his doors up to so many. I mean, even to this day. It's like sometimes you'd be like, damn, Amp, you working with him? And, but Amp just loves music. You know what I'm saying? Right. But what was it like connecting with cats like but Like, what was it like then? seeing another fellow like person in the hip hop. Cause like really it was a secret society. Definitely was. I could say for me coming from DC at the time, um, I was building a network in DC and also building with certain cats in Detroit as well. So when my wife and I first got together, Miss Yancey, Maureen Yancey, which is my wife, when we first linked up, I sat back was kind of resistant because I knew a lot of the stuff that was going on a lot of a lot of the heinous type of things that was going on with the legacy. So when when she finally incorporated me involved in things, some of the first people that I reached out to was Butter and some of the people that I knew that he had dealt with because I needed to be involved with the original people who understood the legacy and who could help carry it, not just people who want to benefit off of the legacy like some people. You know, just take the legacy and then just want to try to toss it to the side. So a lot of us just picked it up mm -hmm. from there and just keeping it pure. So with Butter, I've always stayed with Butter of making sure um, like we just do some events or like with Piper doing Dilla Youth Day. You know, just making sure that we keep the legacy going for the generation coming behind. So that's why we um, formed with the J. Dilla Foundation and changed the name to the James DeWitt Yancey Foundation to really better the legacy and go into a different direction towards the youth. Mm 
So like right now we have like tech grants, Dilla Tech grants going on with um, VH1, with uh, Pharrell. Um, right now we did, uh, was it Persian? Persian got it like uh, last year with the Dilla Tech grant. So we're, we're 13 schools deep in getting a tech grant and we're looking for more to go. Um, the legacy is never going to stop. It's never so, going to stop. So like th this is what's so unique about it because – like I say, I had a little bit more of the blueprint meeting a guy like you. Like I remember meeting you was like, damn, it's butter. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like I say, I'm I, I'm listening to Kill the DJ damn near. That was one of your mixtapes. Right. Like the year before I meet you. And then it's like, damn, that's DJ Butter for real. You know what I'm saying? Like Butter's a plug, the gateway. This is a real album CD. It's in the store. I bought it from Justin's Music for wow. people that know where Justin's <laughs> right, was. Right, you know right. what I'm saying? Right there by Cooley. Um and uh and like still just piecing this stuff together becomes a lifelong story that you 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 don't know where you know you don't know what direction it's gonna go because hip hop has always been a up in the air type of thing as far as you know me looking at it i mean you know it was just that that too was like when we when we first put it out kill the d j i mean those records. I think I spent like almost $20,000 on that album back then, 99. Mm -hmm. So to give it to the um dis distributors and they saying, who was Eminem? Okay, we know who he is, but who was Slum Village? Mm -hmm. We getting a hint on who we, who he, who they are. You know, Dilla was still alive, healthy, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they were getting, you know, uh, inclination of who certain people were, but like I had no coast on there. Chris Weber group, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. So uh, the competition of, of putting it in the, in the distributor's hands and and me f uh, fronting them a bunch of CDs and tapes and hope, praying and hoping that they give me my money back. Yeah, I, I don't know for the co Simon deal. So, <laughs> so for people that know how co Simon works, it's basically like you go to a store, you say, hey, can you sell, let's use the word that we use in business school, widgets. Right. I made some widgets. <laughs> My widgets, I strongly suggest you sell them for ten dollars. Yeah. I really don't care. I just want four dollars back off of every widget. Right. right. But they, so you, you basically are, you know, if this is street, you front them to work. Right. And then you get paid back on the recoup. Right. right. But then you gotta go back, like every week, right. every month, every thirty nine, every, every sixty days, whatever they days. got in their in their arrangement. Right. And you have to keep good records because it's like, okay, I left fifty widgets with this store. 60 with that store, five with that store, you know, it it can become a something where you need a team. It, yeah. it, it's a it's a real business. It's some real hard hustling work. You know, um, I know I'm jumping the gun within it and showing people like just the, the business acumen. But when I think about just the commitment and then even through the lens of most hip hop, and this is where I tip my hat to you because you still grind out with MCs. You just did a show with Bodie James not too yes. long ago. Yes. Um, and, you know, MCs aren't necessarily the most uh, the most uh, the, the easiest people sometimes work with, <laughs> to say the least. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, when you get to a point where you say, uh, Detroit hip hop or Detroit rap music, Detroit music, it got to look cool in my house. Got to look cool in front of my wife. F everybody else. Motown is here. And that's how, that's what keep my sanity. You know what I'm saying? It's like, because 
you know, artists is difficult. I mean, you, I go through it a lot, you know, period, bro. It's yeah. like just doing that, that concert the other day was the the joy of just seeing it, the, the uh, support, that the capacity, and, and we making our own history books is not, everything ain't got to be Christopher Columbus. You know what I'm saying? And that, I think yeah. that's what we going through here. Like, you know, so it's just I. I, when I'm getting blackballed, I, I got to make sure I work harder. Okay. You know and, what I'm saying? And speaking of that, I don't want to go too far into that because mm. that's been covered for forever. But you were one of the guys that kind of worked in the space, like how New York looks to a DJ Clue. I think you were one of those guys that knew everybody. And then even your partner is spinning when mm. I think of it. King Dave. You mm. and King Dave kind of knew all of these MCs out of the hip hop shop. Right. You know? And shout out Maurice Malone too. But uh what 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 was it that kind of brought all those MCs your way? Man, it, the escapism after losing my my best friend, my rap buddy. I it just like, yo, it was it was like all the noise I was around, the hip hop shop was just peaceful for me. It was just, huh. you know what I'm saying? It was just that, you know, at by the time I got out of high school, I had I was in court cases and things before I got out of high school. Mm. So it was just, you know, st stuff I was going through. So it was, you know, it was like, okay, hip-hop. Like, wow, Maurice Malone, a, a fashion designer. You know, th this is Detroit. You know, this is not New York. It's, it looked like New York, but this is us. So I, I held on to that, like. So I had, I made a magazine called Funky Fresh in the Flesh back then, mm -hmm. and it kind of got me in a lot of different doors and see, this to is deal some with information. people. It's, yeah. I'm learning a lot about butter. What was the magazine? How long did it run? Uh, how did you go about it? Why did you do it? I I done it uh, after I lost my rap buddy. I did, I wanted to do more than just you know DJ parties and things like that. And say, okay, how can I get free music? <laughs> See now, this is industrious. <laughs> you know this what is saying? industrious. <laughs> it's like it's a, of the game. You know, okay, I don't. You know, I, I got you know relationships, free music. It, you know, it, to travel. And for and for people that don't know, usually uh, another shout out in this. I'm like dropping folks, <laughs> uh, Tyrone Bradley, because mm. usually it would be record pools. Right, right, right. Wow. That uh, DJs would join. <laughs> right. So you be a part of a record pool. You pay a certain amount of money. You go. You most of the people in Detroit. You go to Tyrone. Love Tyrone too. Tyrone is very colorful. <laughs> and then you get whatever the new album, whatever the new albums were. And you probably would have like Gary Chandler and Kim James uh tell you why you probably shouldn't play this record for like <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> for like 40 minutes. Right. And what you need to be playing. But that was how most, you know, a lot of DJs got records. Right. You know, and the and the label reps knew the record pool leaders, and that's how they distributed music for it to become popular. Right. You know, completely different than today. Right. So you were thinking, all right, let me get the music direct without paying, so I can get relationships with these label. I reps. can enter the interview the rappers. You know, back then I was in. Fresh out of high school, Kid Rock was calling my house, MC8, mm -hmm. you know, just GP, just me, word of mouth with a magazine, you know, 
back then, I, you know, coming out, you know, I may press up like two, three thousand issues mm-hmm. per per um, per run. Yeah, so I I will send it out to the industry first, and then I work on the local. Yeah, and then I that's way. How many did you uh print up? I did I mean, ten issues. Did did I did ten, ten issues. issues. Do you still have any? Yeah, I would love to buy some of those, yeah. and I'm sure that I'm sure that's probably legacy. So, yeah. who were some of the interviews you had? Man, I, I inter- mentioned Bree. Shout out, Bree. Yeah, I Breed interviewed him uh, before ever. he passed. I, I kicked it with him. Uh, I, I interviewed Cameron, Met the mm. Man, Red mm. Man, Boss, Spice One, Onyx, mm. um, a Bud of Law back then, Funk Dubious. I don't know. If, mm-hmm. Remember them guys? Did uh, you get um? When you talk about Flint, did you get Top Authority in there? I'm always interested. They used to always send me music. <laughs> they used to always. I got the original music, you know, still at home that they mm-hmm. used to mail out to me. Um, DFC. Yeah. I don't know if you remember DFC. Dayton Family Crew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I used to always make sure I put Michigan artists. Up. Like back then, I used to put like Tupac on the cover next to, to Fire Ella and, you yeah. know. Things like that. Um, we was before Easy E died. I was working on an interview with that. Mm. You know, so I, I was I was able to do my own PR work back then. So and I, this was all in house, yeah. all you. Yeah, I had my own aliases. You know, I, to make it look like I had a big staff. Yeah. But you know, when my friends you know get involved, I pay them to do a freelance piece for me. Say yo, here's here's thirty dollars. Review this. Here you can keep the CD. Mm. You can keep the tape. That's know. dope. And, and all of this, like I say, the ingenuity. So when people think, when people come to me and say, like, man, how you get Detroit is different going and all of that stuff? Because it's people like Butter <laughs> that man. that I was, you know what I'm saying? And not just it's so many people here in Detroit that were very industrious and creative and had the guts. To just go out here and do it. So going out here and doing the magazine to shifting back to like, all right, let me take another crack at this music. But before we go there, you mentioned Five Ella and one of the key pieces, rest in peace. And I think um, people in Detroit hip hop history comes proof. You know, and another one of those people that like sinks so many because like, I mean, between Goon Squad and who was doing 5E and damn near like, you know, ciphering with any person on earth, uh, you know, hosting most rap open mic. Like when you thought Detroit rap, it was synonymous with proof. Right. What was your relationship with P like? Man, I, I met proof uh in like ninety one. And uh you know he I met him right after my friend got killed. And he came to me like, yo, I heard about your friend dying. You know, I'm P, you know, he was Maximus. Mm-hmm. Maximus Dan. Um, he came to my house uh, uh, through Mark Hicks. Mark Hicks was managing him, working yeah. at Tommy Boy Records accounts and things like that. Yeah. So he came over there. He had the leaves in his hair and things like that. And he came, came to the door. And um, before then, we was just, you know, phone call, building with each other. Mm-hmm. I had met him, I think, um, at the Rhythm Kitchen or something. Okay. The yeah. Rhythm Kitchen is yeah. another spot for, 
like poetry, hip hop, a yeah. lot of like just cultural Detroit things. Yeah, he uh, I think he came to me like a, we just a gym shoe thing. Like you know, I see a gym shoe, man. You know, what's mm -hmm. up, man? What kind of Pumas is them? You know, and mm -hmm. we kicked deep with each other after that, and I found out he was cool, Mark Hicks, and he do music. He came through. So uh, you didn't know he rhymed when you met him. Nah, he was, he was just, just, like, just a cool. politician, bro. He was. Yeah. It was something about him back then. It was. A, it was. Um. You know, that's just like the proof before Shady Records was just a whole. It was a whole different thing. It was like. Mm -hmm. Um. It it was just um. The elements of the ODR and the Muslim energy and all, you know all that stuff was. It just followed them, you know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, we was don't eat pork early and all that stuff. We was, you know, that just followed them, you know, just the entrepreneur spirit, all that stuff. So, you know, just to to learn from them, we was all learning from the music at the same time. And, you know, you go to your parents' house and it's pork all on the stove and all that stuff and the resistance, <laughs> you had, had to deal with that. We was all going through all that. So. Mm -hmm. Um, just to just to um learn it from each other, you know what I'm saying. So you guys were like really finding that knowledge yourself on that path at the same yeah, time, yeah, yeah. and this is also what lines up where we think about how hip hop lines yeah. up because you know you got Brand Newbie in at the time. Yeah. You got you know you mentioned Kane, but like Kane, as we know, in Knowledge Yourself for the Five Percent Nation, or you know Clarence X, it's less necessarily. I would say the um. Less about the doctrine, but more so about the discipline mm -hmm. that I think pulled into so much hip hop. Even Wu Tang Clan, which you have a relationship with them. Right. Um, Anthony Singleton, uh, another guy mm -hmm. like that, you know, Ant Live. Um, but all of this is kind of mixing in the same time that that kind of like puts you in a spot where you were you were pivotal uh, in the lives of like these people that have changed the world when it comes to music now. Yeah, I'm just glad to be alive myself. You know, it's just like, it's just so much crap. Just be, leadership is, it costs a lot. And you know? um, and with that, as you talk about like taking that leadership position, man, every, most times I know you, you've always had like a plan working, mm -hmm. you know, uh, an idea. What has connected you to, and I guess you can even share the story, when you met Dilla, what has connected you so much to making sure that Dilla's legacy is preserved well? And then I'm going to definitely get your Man, piece on he, uh, how you feel about that. <laughs> wow. He, he uh, to see uh, him coming around, he came around us, um, he go from an escort to a Ford Ranger, to a BMW and and just to see him elevate, he was like, like that provider instinct he was giving us. Like, you can be a provider off your music, you know. And then when he when he did Skills, Mass Skills album, um, you know, we was always in the Rhythm Kitchen. That you know, me and Dilla proofly the same age. So mm -hmm. in our era was he was around P Groove. Uh, P. Groove uh, was one of Dilla's teachers, mm. you know, in Highland Park. You know what I'm mm. saying? Just that drum machine. P. Groove had the 808s and all that stuff early. Mm. 
So he used to come into Highland Park to P. Groove House and Ark Natoons, you know, go there and eat the good food. You know, he used to always pull up. So, but to see... Um, okay, well, while you on that, Ark Natoons, one of my favorite restaurants in P. Groove's family was the people from Akhnar Tunes. Mm -hmm. They had the best dressing you'd ever get in your life. So you go in there, you get like uh dressing, some chicken and some greens, and it'd be people selling like uh every speech you ever think Farrakhan and Malcolm X ever gave, mm -hmm. like in the corner. <laughs> right. Right. You know. Right. And, but that was the vibe. And this and this is like so culturally Highland Park too that like mm -hmm. You it's the me. most hood stuff like right here Man. then it's like knowledge of black consciousness right. and it's black entrepreneurship and then it's a liquor store next door and then it's hip-hop right there like it it's like <laughs> right you know what so i'm saying like next when, door is where donald goins was at with yes, the <laughs> like when, when i first went to harlem you know in the 90s i was like oh this is like a bigger highland park yeah but highland park was condensed with that much black culture like just in a couple blocks yeah like of everything yeah from like because you know rich rich black folk to poets black folk to the most creative it it was just one of those spots like right. you know right. uh is unique you know what i'm saying but um but that's unique so you met them from that angle and were thus kind of like all on the same path what what connects you to making sure the legacy is respected? I mean, just the, the motivation he gave us, man. I, I think uh, just just the uh, you know the clarity he gave us. Our de our destination is like he gave. If it's like his work ethic, if you don't really follow his work ethic and his template and believing in himself, and you know, it's just like I think he gave he gave that a that's like a universal thing that like gave. You know, after his death, but I seen that mm -hmm. when he was alive, like, you know, just what they see now is like, okay, he was that when we was kids, you know, death make it more sexier to yeah. people, but yeah, it's more alluring. You know, it's just like, well, he, you know, just uh, mm -hmm. you hear fun in your head. It was just like the word fun, you know, we put our hands up and it was like, it's, mm -hmm. it was, it was an escapism hearing this music just for all of us mm -hmm. you know back yeah. then you know? and when and and what do you see of butter adding to this legacy and preserving it and keeping it going well first um finding out who butter actually was and the projects that he's done that did include mm -hmm. dilla's legacy as well i knew that i needed with my label vintage vibe music group to connect with butter so therefore we just all linked together and just made sure that we just had to make sure this thing is going to be told in the correct way. No doubt. You know what I mean? So right now it's a good thing to just be a part of watching the transition happen and the right people be involved. Um, so it's it's one thing for my wife and I to make sure that the legacy is done the correct way right now. That's about it. So we're just going to keep doing it. Just yep, going to keep doing shout it. Shout out to Vintage Vibes. Let's see. We got Piper in the house. Piper, come here. Uh, Piper Carter in the house. Piper Carter in the house. Yeah, yeah Piper. Yes, for a second. So tell us about how you how it is over on the West Coast. Ah uh, man, it's it's nice, man. I, I, I first time I ever witnessed over 100 degrees, 116 degree days. 
Um, I think Detroit need to kind of take a break sometime and get to get to there. Cause when I got there, I didn't realize how sick I was. You know, just like the, the weather here. You know, just the hustle and bustle here. You know, I I think you know we under different pressure here. Like we got to get away sometime. The weather and all that stuff need to help us unthaw sometime. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us about like what's the vibes like with your music since you went over there. Uh, it's I I did a uh, I did a concert with a with a bunch of uh, like Mexican people, uh, Mexican families and stuff like that. Um, like mariachi. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, we did one in the Phoenix, Arizona. It was uh, well, my guy Daniel Jordan. He's out of Phoenix, Arizona. But it was. I was probably was like the me and my wife was probably. Only black folk in there. Three people. But was it hip hop? Yes. Yeah, because they love hip hop on the West yes. Coast, especially yeah. in Texas, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, yeah. Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, you in Arizona? Yes. Yeah, yeah, but the West Coast, they love hip hop. Yeah. They love real hip hop. Yeah, they still break dance yeah, they still out break there. Dance. Yeah. They got like yeah. B-boy yeah. competitions and all that graffiti stuff. Graffiti's still hot. Yeah, graffiti's yeah. tough yeah. there. I mean, it was it went to a party of Supernaturals there. And, wow. You know, you know like, Supernatural? <laughs> He's one of the best wow. freestylers in the history wow. of freestyling. It's a movie. It's a film. It's called Freestyle. If y'all know about it, check it out. Yeah. Supernatural is on there. And... um He's one of the best MCs like in the history of MCing. Yeah. He's the he's your MC's 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 yeah. favorite MC. Right. Yeah, that yeah. was that was one of proof's <laughs> inspirations, right? I was gonna say proof is my favorite freestyle <laughs> of all time. So being that you said, yeah, I guess that is my favorite, <laughs> my MC's favorite MC. Yeah. Cause proof, you know, like when they pull the stuff out the box and just start rapping mm-hmm. and yeah, all that stuff. He, yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was intimidating sometimes. Yeah. It's like, well, proof. It was like, uh, yeah. Uh, proof definitely made you be like, mm, I don't know if I'm a good rapper now. <laughs> he just couldn't, like he couldn't know that personal stuff about you. You had to really kind of, if you was an MC, you really had to keep your block up for, mm-hmm. with him. Because <laughs> once he got you, he got you. <laughs> hey, but tell us about, um, because uh, I only see you now on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So um, tell us now about what you're working on right now. Did you already talk about that? Well, uh, actually, uh, I'm getting the cat out the bag. Uh, I've been helping. Um, I'm helping out trying to do something for proof of state as well. You know what I'm wow. saying? So. I don't want to get into detail because it's too much stuff. Yeah, going. I mean it's a lot of stuff mm. in that in that, but that's good to know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's and that's interesting because he was talking about the connection between their ages and actually the rhythm kitchen connection between Proof Butter and Dilla. Mm-hmm. So that's unique. Yeah, Stanley's back then it was a mm-hmm. uh, dopa Dela. Stanley's uh, was Chinese when, restaurant. Yeah, mm-hmm. when, when Boss was hot, and, mm-hmm. you know. She used to come when Maurice Malone had the uh, the the the, the, uh, the chains, on, yeah, the the, mm-hmm. the overalls <laughs> with the chains on them and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It was mm-hmm. back in those days. Live manifest. I don't know. If, yeah. You know. Yeah, he's young. He's um only how old are you, Kari? Are you forty? Not yet. He's the next generation. Like I say, I'm like four or five hip hop of Detroit. I think he's like I say, I think he's like two, three. Wow. So that's so I mean with it as we get closer to the wrap end of this interview, um what else what else is next? I mean, I know you're working with different artists. Uh if people want to get in contact with you, how how should they go about it? 
Well, um, I'm on Instagram at DJ Butter. Uh, we we here with Tony as well to uh, work on Dilla Day for next year, Dilla Youth Day, all that stuff. Trying to keep it going since I moved out. Um, some NFT stuff. We want to, you know, put some stuff in the world properly, you know. Um, I, I'm working on the new album right now with Pace One. Um, it'll be out in a minute. Mm, okay. DJ King David. It's all original ah. music. Yep, it, it should be out real, real soon. I'm working on some some distribution stuff now. Okay. Um, documentary stuff. I've been been painting a lot. You know, I've been putting paints, different art pieces in, in different dispensaries, making customized stuff. And, you know, I did an art class in Arizona not too long ago. See, the stuff mm-hmm. you don't know. Mm-hmm. The stuff you don't know about hip-hop. Mm-hmm. This is beautiful, man. So consider Detroit is different. Always a resource. Whenever you in town, you already know. And he was one of my first interviews. Wait, but Butter, don't you rhyme? Yeah, I can't. <laughs> hey, how old are you, Butter? I'll be 48 in a couple Oh, so you got a high 16. <laughs> he said, wow. <laughs> <laughs> on the spot. <laughs> she put you wow. on the spot. <laughs> it's been a minute, Piper. I got to dust the cogwebs off. Well, me. just put one on your cloud. You could just, you know, wow. like, like, because Supernatural would say, you know, if you got a written, then kick the, just kick the best one you got. <laughs> wow. Man, let me see what I can come up with. Yeah, so if y'all don't know, DJ Butter is a legend in Detroit hip-hop. He's got some great projects with, like, DJ Dez, and he's just uh, has been a staple in the community for a while, and now he's in the West Coast expanding his wings. I'm just talking junk till he get his high 16. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> we go, we go, we Not go. junk, it's truth. But yeah. Oh, he's she's definitely talking truth. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but like I say, we gonna, we're not going to put the man on the 16 spot. This is hip-hop. This is hip-hop. Or this is right, not right, hip-hop. See, you should be inspired after seeing Duke LaRock today. Yeah. Duke LaRock just killed it today. Man, oh um, gosh. let me see. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, all right. Uh. Even a trash can get a, a even a trash can can get a state. Sit back, sit back, stay tuned. Peep the latest update. It's like a jungle sometimes. They call me Tarzan. Hate don't, hate don't. Man, hold on. Trying to remember that one. Not letting uh, it off. On. It's all good. Hold on, man. I, yeah. uh, you wow. caught me at a spot, get... Piper. You got no, me, it's all good. You got me blushing. You can push the there, dude. <laughs> <You know. laughs> uh, uh, let me see. Catch me in any weather. Silk shirt, top tans, Adidas patent leather. Um, Damn, hold on one second. <laughs> I got painting. a brain freeze right now for He's some reason. A Wesley Valentine. Like, like, no. but, but the silk shirt with the top 10 is super Detroit. Hold on, you got me blushing so, over That's here. a super Detroit uh, line right there. You don't know about that. That's before your time. Top 10, I remember. I was a you kid. Don't, you don't know about the silk shirt. With the top <laughs> <laughs> you don't she know about me. the silk shirt with the top 10. That's 1986. 
Hicks. Yeah, that is. <laughs> what the? Uh, Maserati Rick style. <laughs> <laughs> that is God. Maserati Rick style. Right, that's, that's 86, right? Yeah, yeah 86, 87. With the silk shirt. Ponies. Burgundy, burgundy silk yeah, shirt. Burgundy silk shirt, Say, right? uh, Yeah. <laughs> Ask him a couple questions about what he got going on as well. If we get uh, yeah, my Dukes in town, you know, as well, you know. Wow. Yeah, so what's going on? Well, today we was just in a live mixtape session with um, Duke LaRock today and Thousand Engineer. Um, we just did a off-the-cuff mixtape dedication to Butter. Mm. And that's why it's, like, it's, it's hilarious just to be right here for this podcast, just to see, like we were saying... And we was using a couple of Dilla tracks and we just mm -hmm. did it straight there the last two hours that we was mm -hmm. just working on. So something that Vintage Vibe Music Group is going to give to the people, dedication from Detroit, real live storytelling that he did it off the cuff and, you know, straight wow. freestyle, straight wow. freestyle. So um, Butter just hooked up the cuts to it and everything. So and also um, we're working with uh, the Dilla Tech grant. Um, like I said, with uh, Persian getting a tech grant here, we're looking to expand that to a lot more schools and looking for more people to be involved in that. So, you know, if you know anybody, just make sure they go to the James DeWitt Yancey Foundation or Jay Dilla Foundation and check out everything that we're doing. And, you know, we're still looking to have Piper to, you know, be involved with us. You know, she's always, you know, a matriarch of, with the foundation as well. That's why we love Piper. We oh. all love Piper. Oh, well, I love y'all too. Yes, yes. Uh, so, um, how when did y'all get here, and how long will y'all be here, and uh, when is the the you know project that you're working on supposed to be um, you know available and to people? Well, we got here Wednesday, and shoot, the next day end up working with um, Butter and the Bodie James show. That was a dope show and everything. Um, so. Pretty much the projects will, you know, we just doing like mixtape projects. So we just want to get something out. Uh, we're looking to right now working on getting Dreads of Black Sheep here to work on the dedication project right along with Butter um, and a couple other people that's been doing a couple of things and um, going around that they talk about. They want to get transparent, get, get done. So we just want to see who's real about it. So we're going to do just like how Dilla said, you know, you're going to have to come to the D to get it done. So we're gonna make it yeah. real like that. Yeah. It's a, it's make sure they stop by Detroit is different. Word. Word up. Word yeah. up. Oh yeah. Definitely. It's, a, it's a new Bodie joint coming out too. Y'all gonna Ooh. look for that. It's okay. Like, you gotta get him on here. We we had him on. We'll get him back. Mm -hmm. okay. We'll get Bodie back. Word. We'll get him back. Mm -hmm. So so yeah, man. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is all dope. I'm gonna have a high twenty four next time. <laughs> <laughs> right. then, you, did you say when when the um project? When it's coming? With well, Pace One or with Bodie? With uh, both, we'll, yeah. Well, Pace One will be out in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Bodie joint, we, we, I guess the top of the year. Top we, of the year with the Bodie joint. With the new Dilla Day and all uh -huh. that stuff, you know. All right. And then, yeah, we'll talk more about Dilla Day next time. But thank you for sharing so much of your story. I learned way more about the ingenuity of it, man. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Next Appreciate time, I'm going to get you back in a lot of that breakdown, too, because from D.C. to Detroit, that was a whole different field. She did. And now opposite. Puerto Rico. We live in Puerto Rico. I had my wife go to Puerto Rico. Okay. Hey, <laughs> hey. Let's see. You Y'all swapped out, sort of. Like, she went to D.C. from Detroit. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> for school, wow. for Howard. Shout okay. out H.U. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, yo, yo. Blessings to the students at H.U. right now because it's real serious at H.U. right mm -hmm. now. And they need all the support they can really get. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so that's what's up, Butter. Um, 
I know, uh, you know, you got some heat in you uh, with all your samples and all your scratching and yeah, all yeah, your yeah. I got some musicality. Stuff. So I'm looking forward to Word. your next project because I know um, that DJ Dez project is still a classic. Thank you. Thank yeah, it is. Thank it you. is. Thank yeah, the you. project you did with Dez is a classic. Thank you. Yeah, one of the most, yeah. I mean, but I still like kill the DJ the most, but mm. that's me. <laughs> Thank y'all. All right. Peace. 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 Detroit is Different is where you get information, artistry, history, music, and even comedy. Detroit is Different, a home for the culture of Detroit. Visit online at DetroitIsDifferent.com today.